This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's the Thursday night recap show and the Indianapolis Colts, dare I say, our Indianapolis Colts rolled over the Tennessee Titans, dare I say John Reach's Tennessee Titans, 34 to 17 in a massive divisional game that knots them at the top of the AFC South and drastically alters the landscape of professional football as we know it or something like that. Colts were a one-point favorite at close. That was a good decision if you took them. If you listen to the, the pregame podcast, you probably took, uh, what do we have, Ryan Tannehill's shortest pass or the longest pass under whatever it was. I'm 99% sure it hit because he only had 147 passing yards on 27 attempts. Good job, RJ. And I said to take, I believe, Michael Pittman overs. I definitely said to take Naheem Hines overs and receiving. Hines. NC State grad celebrated his birthday, 45 receiving yards, one touchdown, 70 rushing yards, and one touchdown. But anyway, joining me now to recap it, John Breach, Ryan Wilson, what's up? And Brinson, if anyone read the Thursday newsletter, they got my prop lock, which was Rodrigo Blankenship over six and a half points. Nice. Easy money for everyone. I should actually be co-hosting a podcast tonight with how many special teams plays there were. I can't even start. I'll let Ryan talk. Uh Ryan, Ryan means me. So you just settle down. I have something to point out. If anyone watched the CBS Sports HQ, um, I called in, actually wasn't on air. I had to call in and do a segment so they could work on the graphics, but I picked Ryan Tannehill under passing yards, Derrick Henry over rushing yards, Philip Rivers over passing yards, but I also picked Philip Rivers to go over on the TD. So I didn't get that one. Oh, what a- <laughs> so only, I, only, only a key. I bet. I bet the river's over passing touchdowns. So that hurt because it was like minus 172. And it, and the worst part is it should have hit a couple times. Like he should have easily gotten it. He had one of those little jet sweep flip plays. Uh, I think to, um, Zach Pascal, who was ruled down by his elbow after they, they called it a touchdown or it was overturned. I'm because his, his elbow yelled out, you're down. He said he was ruled down by his elbow. Perfect. That's, that's, that's good grammar police. Um, oh, Trey Burton. I might, I had a oh, Trey Burton overs that loss. T.Y. Hilton overs were pretty good. <laughs> he played. That's the over. Well, he had his over under was 35 and a half, which tells you the state of T.Y. Hilton. Um, by the way, for podcast fans, you can check out in the feed. There is a uh, best bets podcast that will go up, I believe, at 10 a.m. on Friday. You listen to this on, well, it's, it's almost, it'll, by the time we finish recording, it'll be Friday. So you're, you can listen to it at 10 a.m. on Friday. Full show with me, Pete, and RJ White. We got a great Great parlay, bunch of great picks. You should check it out. And then bonus podcast, if you weren't expecting a mailbag, midseason mailbag with me, Breach, and Wilson. Oh, well, you know, we're going to break out the, the rare uh, non-Breach and Wilson sound drop. 
Usually only reserved for a Brady Quinn football show. We will use it for the midseason mailbag, Super Friends show. So check that out on Saturday in your feed. It will be full of nonsense hijinks. We'll be answering your questions from your five-star reviews. But let's recap this game now. I mean, frankly, I don't think that 34-17 gives us enough credit. The Colts were losing at half and should have been beating the tar out of the Titans. They ran at one point 27 consecutive plays and scored three points off those plays. Now, that's, I guess, a bad thing, but their defense is really good, and Rivers, when he's got a clean pocket, can still deal. Am I crazy for loving the Colts to be able to make some noise in the AFC this season? Yes. I'll just say this, and then, what? yeah, I'll just say this, and then Breach can talk what? about, about his, just this may be your Breach. team's ass, bro. Well, just, this, just hold on. This may I be Breach's favorite game of the year. The so let me just say this. I agree with Breach. I think the answer is that you are crazy. And it's because of this one reason. The Titans defense sucks and Fair they one. cannot get after the passer. And if you get after Phillip Rivers, that's when the issues arise. So that's my once in his takeaway. And Breach, you can explain how the 45 other points came via some pretty crappy special teams. No, no, I actually agree with Brinson that the Colts could have won this game 44 to 17. They only punted once the entire time, and that was at the end of the game when they were trying to run out the clock. The Titans could not stop Indianapolis no matter what. I mean, they were just running up and down the field. But, Ryan, what you said hit the nail on the head. The, the Titans have zero pass rush, and if you don't rush Phillip Rivers, uh, he's a statue back there. But the one thing he can do is pick you apart if he's not being pressured, and that's what he did here. This was easy for him. So if he plays a team that can get after the quarterback, he's going to struggle. We've already seen it this year. Uh, but if you don't have a pass rush, the Colts are going to beat you, and it's really that simple. And I think, Brinson, you'd probably agree, there's a couple questionable decisions. It seems like they, they can't figure out who they want to play at running back. I was surprised that Jonathan Taylor just kept getting snaps when Naeem Hines was clearly the best running back in that game uh, for Indy. But Indianapolis was hands down the best team on the field in this game. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. I mean, do, would you, okay. So the, would you say that the, the culture, are, are you flustered because breach agree with everything you said? Yeah. He's like, he called me crazy. He's like, you're insane. And then it was like, everything you said is completely true. And so I'm confused. Like, like what, but what team is, what team is going to just come in and just absolutely devastate? The Steelers. The Ravens. Okay, the Steelers have a good pass rush. I'll give you that. The Ravens. We just saw it last week. Eh, Dude, the Ravens game. I mean, come on. 14 of the Ravens points were, were scored on kind of garbage. Well, Jonathan Taylor's not very good, unfortunately. Right Jonathan now. Taylor's a problem. I agree with that completely. Like, he, and Philip Rivers got pressure and he threw one of those arm punts and you could argue whether it's an interception. Oh, come or not. on. Don't count that. That thing, that was garbage. It was a terrible throw. Even if Marcus Peters didn't catch it. Look, the Ravens have a really good defense. The Ravens okay, are a problem. You just asked the question we told you. Kansas City, obviously. Okay. Right. Yes. If, the, if the Colts have to go through Kansas City and, and Baltimore, it's a problem. That's very difficult. And Pittsburgh. That's three teams. Right. All I'm saying is the AFC is, look, they can make some noise in the AFC. They're not going to get what blown out mean? by any of those teams. What, okay, not getting blown out. That's what make noise means? I'm just trying to get where you're going. How, how good is this team is what I'm asking. I think, I mean, look, I don't think the Colts are the favorite to win the AFC, but I think the Colts are a good enough team with good coaching, a good offensive line, a really good defense, like a really, really good defense yep. that people are not talking about enough. Well, if, we talk about it. Real quick, Brent, you've been saying all year the Titans are fraud, so how much credit should we get a team for beating a fraudulent team? I mean, do you want to dunk on me? I don't, <laughs> well, I'm, that's like, that's being like, 
That's like looking at your wife and being like, you've been saying for years I'm an adulterer. So what kind of credit are you going to give me as a husband for being an adulterer? It's like, like what, do you, what, what, what kind of argument is that? I didn't cheat on you tonight, lady. Yeah, it's like, what, yeah, what, I don't get credit. I don't get credit for being a good father because I sleep around. Um, so the, the Titans have a really good offense. And frankly, Derrick Henry ended up, like, if you look at the box score, you're like, wow, Derrick Henry ran really well. A lot of the yardage was late in the game when it was sewn up. Um, they did a really good job containing him. The Titans lost Ben Jones and um, uh, 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 Saffold, Roger Saffold, two of their starting offensive linemen. They'd already lost Taylor Lewan. That's a big problem for Tennessee. And lo- lost Jack Conklin in the offseason. Yeah, I mean, like, Tennessee is now down to a, a skeleton crew on their offensive line. And when your identity is feeding Derrick Henry until he burst, and then letting Ryan Tannehill throw off play action, that's a big problem. So I, I think that the Colts, if they were, they were plus 160 coming into this game to win the division, I think they should be minus 160 bare minimum coming out of this game. Minus 140, according to Debo. Just put it in Slack for you to look at. The Debo's the best. That's pretty uh, close. What, uh, what are the Titans? Plus 110, which I, I think I'm still on the Titans. But the Titans are still, well, that's, oh, they have the Titans listed higher, but they're not favored. And the thing about the Titans, though, and and because they beat the Bears, uh, people kind of maybe lost track of it. But they've really struggled on offense the past few weeks, and especially in the past four weeks, they've played three of the NFL's best defenses in the Steelers, the Bears, and the Colts, and they didn't hit 300 yards in any of those games. And, you know, and they still have to play the Colts again. They still have to play the Ravens who have a good defense. Uh, so they've shown that they have a they have trouble moving the ball against good defenses. And I know we always argue about are there actually any good defenses, uh, but I, I think we agree that the Colts definitely are. And when they're in your division, that is trouble. So, and Ryan oh. Tannehill hasn't looked that good the past three weeks. So, I, I think the Titans are the, the team you got to worry about. Good news for the good news for the Titans. Coming up, they have the uh, Ravens and the Colts again. Yeah, I was gonna say they'll, they'll get to revisit this Colts game pretty quickly. Although, I mean, could... the, the the mini break is good for them, but man, I mean that's. What's the they have a nice stretch after that where they get Brown. I mean, I guess Browns is good, and then Jaguars and Lions. Or Derek the Brown, Henry nuts. The Browns aren't a bad football team. I no, don't think. I, I'm not knocking okay, them. I say I guess Browns, but like they've got ten days, and then they have to play the Ravens on the road, and followed up by playing the Colts on the road. Yeah, this is a sort of a precarious position for the Titans. I think those odds are wildly inaccurate. Like the eh. Colts would be a bigger favorite. Okay. I mean, they're close. It's not that far apart. Well, I think it's funny because like the, the Titans are just like destined to finish nine and seven for the rest of the time. They've already done it four times. Yeah. People, we saw them get to, to six and two and we're like, ah, it's not going to happen this year. Now they're six and three with the Ravens and Colts coming up on their plate. Who knows if they'll beat the Browns in three weeks, but also this team is so up and down. No, none of us will be surprised if they go into Baltimore in week 11 and win that game. Right. Yeah. You actually forget that this team lost to the Bengals. Um, I, I spaced on that and the Bengals actually played really well in that game. And obviously the, the Titans did not. That said, I still feel like they're the favorites in the division for me. The Titans? I'm, I'm not really, I, I don't want to break out with them just yet. Uh, I mean, they shouldn't be the favorite. They shouldn't. I mean, they're like, as, as I pointed out at the beginning, their pass rush stinks. Their defense is, is almost as bad. And uh, as Breach And they just lost it, three of their starting offensive linemen in the last week. And Ryan Tannehill hasn't been great. I think Ryan Tannehill has been pretty good. The last few games he hasn't been great. I, I'm, I, Danny Cannell said on HQ today that Ryan Tannehill has been a top 10 quarterback this season. 
Maybe. I mean, if you subtract the, the last got, four weeks, yeah. If you get in the list, like there's not a ton of great quarterbacking happening in the NFL right now. Has he been better than Roethlisberger? I mean, I think he's been better this season than Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger plays a special brand, but can can he pretend he's hurt every game and come out of the, the <laughs> tunnel and, and put up big numbers? I mean, I would definitely take Tannehill over Roethlisberger if I needed a game tomorrow. I think. I don't know. It's Roethlisberger is in he's in win ugly mode now. All right, so um, I mean, would you take him over Tom Brady? I think that's the line. It's real close. Okay. What about he's Justin not bad. I, no, I would take Justin. I was thinking about Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. I take both of them over Ryan Tannehill. I believe. Well. Uh, I think Tannehill's played better than Burrow. Breach. That's that's absurd. Right, they played what, each other. They break? played each what, other. What, 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 what do we take a break? <laughs> and you come take a break. We'll and get back. back on. But, uh, but no. Oh, take yes. a break. We'll come back. We'll discuss quarterbacks. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You see, I got to do my job. I got to take the break before we dive into the 17 minute quarterback discussion. And then Debo wants to murder me when we break on our 25 minute recap at 26 minutes. Um, <laughs> I mean, we can pick it apart all we want. And Tannehill is, is, I don't want to say, I'm not going to say that Tannehill is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL right now moving forward because I think it's going to be a big problem if he loses his starting center. He already lost his left tackle and loses another starting offensive lineman like that. And then as you point out, Conklin's all gone in the offseason. They're starting a rookie over there. I mean, like, that's not the formula for Tannehill to be better. I, well, I think Arthur Smith is calling some great games. Yeah, we owe, once again, Arthur Smith an apology. Perpetual we were, apology. Yeah, we were dunking him nonstop last year before Tannehill came in. Turns out Marcus Mariota was a problem. We should just rename the podcast to the Arthur Smith Apology Show. Should so, we FedEx him an apology? Oh, that's a good one. Because you know what? We, we saw a couple of these fourth downs. I think we were all a little perplexed. You know, like the Colts kept going for it and they, they did convert a lot, but they kept going right up the middle. And a couple of times there was just no creativity there. Oh. As soon as the Titans get down to the one yard line, what do we see? We see this insane, uh, razzle dazzle play that goes to John U. Smith for a one yard touchdown run. And that's like, Hey, if the Colts were running that stuff, maybe they converted on a couple of these fourth and one. So you see, but, but Frank Rice, the guy, the offensive coordinator for Philly, the Philly special, like we know I, he's a good offensive coordinator. He's a good true. play caller, I guess. I mean, I, I don't. Are we just going to skip over the fact that Breach used the term razzle dazzle? Don't people still use that? Very Breachy in term. <laughs> At least he pronounced it correctly. I'm surprised he didn't <laughs> give us some jazz hands. Razzle dazzle. Um, right, so on the on the fourth down conversions, because this was a, a text conversation I had with a couple buddies. Um, to, at. My friend Nathan, who's very analytically inclined, he's like a mechanical engineer, was texting me. He's like, so what, like, what is the deal? He's like, what is the deal? He's like, what are the analytical people freaking out about this? Them going for it here at the 47, et cetera, et cetera. It's, I think that we've gotten to this point where the discussion about going for it on fourth down has sort of lost a lot of the nuance that is required, like outside of the win expectancy models that you get popped up on Twitter. Now that those models are important. But I do wonder, for instance, 
if, excuse me, if, if you know that it's fourth down and one at the Titans, uh, let's say 31 yard line and you're trailing seven to three and you're going to run a draw play up the middle, like, I think all of that, that changes it for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you're going to run, you're going to run Jordan Wilkins at Jeffrey Simmons and just hope that works out instead of spreading the defense out and letting Phillip Rivers, pick, who, who was playing really well, pick between multiple receivers to just complete a very short pass to. I'll take the, like, I think that nuance has been lost in the discussion of analytics and win probability and the 2% when, and I'm not sure that those numbers are even accurate. For instance, are the Titans definitely 60% to win? Up seven nothing when the Colts have the ball on the Titans side of the field. I, I don't know about that. Yeah. The that, first that, quarter. The lesson there is just you, you can't be on Twitter nonstop. You got to take a break. Just watch the game. And you can't follow the win probability chart nonstop. It'll just, it just hurts your head. Yeah. It's like trying, it's literally like watching the election Tuesday night at 8 p.m. and then trying to predict a winner. That's, that's at actually a great example. But, but I mean, again, the Titans go down to score a touchdown in the first drive. The Colts go down and answer and get to the 23-yard line, something like that? 29. 29. And they go for it on fourth and don't get it. Before they went for it on fourth, I saw a model that said if they converted it, there's still a 39% chance to win. And I understand they're down seven, but it's the first quarter. Right. That feels like a really exorbitant shift in point differential for what is considered a coin like or a win, win probability for what is considered a coin flip game. And you're not taking into account that the kicker sucks uh, and they have no confidence in Goskowski. So uh, Wait, you know, talking Wait, we're talking about the Colts, right? Oh, the yeah. Colts. Sorry. I was actually thinking about the, the, the kick that Goskowski missed. And I was going to ask Breach, which is worse, the, the punter or the kicker situation in, in Indy. I'm Sorry. just saying, I think that uh, like assigning 10% win probability. Yeah. It's early. There's a lot for a yeah. one touchdown. I mean, it probably factors into it that the Titans literally just drove right down Indy's throat against one of the best defenses in the NFL, and the probability takes into the fact that, hey, if you can do this against this defense, uh, you know, what's to say they can't do it the whole game? Because the probability obviously changes as you go, and based on the first drive, it showed that, you know, Tennessee's going to put up 500 yards and score 40 points. I think the model is much simpler than that. I think the model is based on an average of what everything that happens, and it's just – it's a computer spitting out a number. It's not taking into account the how good it's, the Colts defense is. And that's why, again, you right. have to – Right, and that average, you know, if Ryan Tannehill, that first drive, he's 4-4 four, four for 49 yards. No, no, no. He's, he's saying good. it takes an average of what everybody in the NFL does Yeah, it's on not fourth and one. But that's dumb. Like, what what do the Colts do on fourth and one? Versus, and that's why like, people what do the like, Cowboys do on fourth and one? And that's why people like more specific. P get mad about you can't just – and he's right. You can't just put everything all in on that. And every team has analytics, people telling them what to do. In the moment. Yeah, Harbaugh, you hear him sometimes on the mic'd up sessions talking about analytics says do this or do that. So, yeah, I, I mean, the first quarter stuff, unless it's – look, I don't want to see uh, Mike McCarthy punting fourth and one from midfield. I don't care what time of the game it is. But it doesn't mean they're going to lose a football game. They're going to lose a football game because everyone on that team is hurt and the coaching staff makes a series of bad decisions. It won't be just because of one thing. But, but like, conversely, all right, so if you have Ben DiNucci and you're missing two offensive linemen – and, and, you, and Zeke Elliott is coughing the ball up left and right, and you're playing the Philadelphia Eagles, who have a good defensive line, and you have fourth and one at midfield, you know what? Punt it. <laughs> like, punt it. 
Put and it that's, on third and down. that's the thing. Analytics, all it does is take the raw numbers of NFL history and says, this is the probability of you winning in that situation. Now, you as the coach, you have to look at that exact situation. If you have Derrick Henry running against the Cowboys defense, you probably want to go for it on fourth and one. If you have uh, you Jordan know, Wilkins running against Jeffrey Simmons, maybe don't call a draw at the middle. Exactly. So right. you absolutely have to take the situational aspect into it because the numbers are just numbers. They're just historical numbers throughout history that says this is how teams have done on fourth and one. This is how much it improves your chances of winning, but you don't improve your chances of winning if you don't get it. And if you call a low percentage play, you're not going to get it. So it's all just kind of tied in together. And again, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not qualified to do a, model by any stretch of the imagination like i am far from it and i I appreciate the nerds and my fellow nerds out there doing it so we can have a better understanding because i think it has improved play calling i think it's improved the way that um you, you see how football coaches react but to blindly like just berate somebody for not going for it on a fourth now if it's look if it's fourth and one on the 41 don't punt it obviously if you got a great field goal kicker, that's different. And you want to kick the field goal and you trust him. I, I'm okay with that. But like, you don't punt it there. Like, don't be a coward. Go for it. Cause you convert it 40 plus percent of the time, 45 plus percent of the time. I but, would just, I would just say this. Like in a previous life, I, I was a stats nerd person before I had nerd. Became, became you, a did, block. you did create an entire algorithm called wins over Wilson for this <laughs> before I became Which a is what we exclusively use on this podcast <laughs> before I became a full time blogger. But the point is that. The people that made the model know, in general, they're pretty smart people, but the people on Twitter are as dumb as the rest of us and they're just, they're just following along. Like, oh, okay, everything fourth and whatever, we need to yell and scream about it. Yeah, you don't necessarily, cause you don't know what you're talking about. I guarantee if you pressed 99% of these people, they, they wouldn't be able to tell you why they feel the way they do other than they saw it on Twitter. Um, and you know what? Talking about this analytics is a perfect segue to my favorite topic of the uh, night. Before you, no. before you segue, I have, I have one quick point I want to make. So, well, I just, I think that it's also important to note that like Frank Reich, the second he got the job in Indianapolis has been doing this. So don't be freaked out when Frank Reich is going for it. He's like, we are going for it on fourth down all the time. You need to understand that's how I feel. That's my approach. Like that's okay. If, you, if your holistic approach is to go for it on fourth down more aggressively, then I'm not going to beat you up as much on the play calls. Now I don't, didn't like the play calls tonight, but he's going for it. He knows the percentages favor him. He knows he has a good offensive line. And maybe he believes his special teams could make a difference breach. Uh, yes, that is what you would think, Brenton, and that's what happened. And, you know, okay, so the Titans special teams lost them the game. We're talking about the Colts maybe win this 44-17, to but if the Titans don't just turn into a total disaster, then maybe that's flipped and maybe this ends up being a close game. This was one of the ugliest special teams performances I have seen from any team all season. But the reason I was going to segue from analytics is because I actually think the trouble started. So the Titans shanked a 17-yard punt on their first possession of the third quarter. And the only reason they were punting is, They had a third and one, a third and one at their own 20-yard line. All right? Now, I'm going to ask you guys this. You have Derrick Henry on your team. What are you going to call? A play action where Ryan Tannehill runs 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage on third and one? Or you give it Derrick Henry up the middle? Play action. (laughs) Play action. Well, guess what? Titans call it a play action. Tannehill gets sacked for a 10-yard loss. Oh. You get to Derrick Henry, you get the first down. Maybe you keep moving. Uh, But, nope, 10-yard loss. Trevor Daniel... 
then shakes a putt 17 yards. You guys probably never heard of Trevor Daniel because he wasn't the Titans punter on last week. He wasn't the Titans punter the week before that. They've had three different punters in three weeks. Now I'm going to tell you something about the Titans punting real quick, and this is just all special teams tied together. Ryan Allen was the Titans punter on Sunday against the Bears. He averaged 50.5 yards per punt. He had a long of 65. He was a big reason why they won 24 to 17 on Sunday. Oh, guess what? Ryan Allen's on the inactive list because apparently uh, Trevor Daniel outkicked him in practice this week. Okay, uh, that's what Vrabel said after the game. It's a three-day work week. You, the game's Thursday. You literally have one practice in pads. I'm not sure how somebody can get out practice so badly that they get sent to the inactive list after a game where they average 50 and a half yards. This is like a quarterback throwing for 400 yards and getting benched because he had one bad day of practice and and saying, you know what. Sean Payton saying, you know, Jameis Winston's going to start on Thursday because Drew had a bad uh, practice day Monday. Reach, how bad does the practice have to be for a punter in one 90-minute session to get his job exactly. to Exactly, unless Ryan Allen literally shanked every single punt. But even then, I'm going by what he did in his first and only game uh, with the Titans on Sunday, which was averaging 50 and a half yards per punt. No, so I'm, what, asking, I'm asking you, how bad does that practice I have mean, to be? I mean, you would literally have to average <laughs> – Every one of your punts goes more than 17 yards of punt. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 17 yards of punt, and the other guy's going like 60 how about, how yards. How bring in the New England drags to, to Tennessee? It's like, oh, you kicked in New England? That's you're, exactly you're what Rabel's doing. Come on over. But the reason I'm going all in with the punting explanations, because not only do we have the Shank 17 yard punt and then the Colts score on a 27 yard drive, then on the next Titans possession, we have a blocked punt. What happens when you're putting a punter out there for the first time with the special teams unit he's never played with and getting long snap from a guy he's never seen and the Colts are rushing it? You get your punt blocked and they return it for a touchdown. So now your punter has cost you two touchdowns. Uh, and then Stephen Goskowski, God bless him. He's probably not going to be working for the Titans in week 11. Misses a 44 wow. yard field goal. The Colts turn around, score a touchdown. That is three special teams mistakes. The Colts turn it in to Three touchdowns, game over. All right, here's my next question. If you're getting rid of Goskowski, who are you signing? Yeah, hey. You find someone. You don't even know? Like that'd, that'd be bad. bad. A list prepared. No, I mean, literally. You know, you know what a good AD does, Breach, when they're firing a, a coach of their, their team? They have a list ready. Well, usually Breach has a, he could reel off five names at, at the time. Well, here's the problem is that I reeled off a name last time we brought something up, and I found out that guy was on a practice squad because you can hoard kickers now. Like people have them on their practice squads, like Ryan Allen. The, the, the Titans had two punters on their active roster, and Ryan Allen wasn't active today, and they started the other guy. Who has two punters on their roster? That's how crazy things are this year. Can I so, make a suggestion? Yeah. The Titans should have only kickers on their practice squad. <laughs> I mean, well, any other takeaways from this game? Oh, uh, actually, I have one. Michael yeah. Pittman, he's a good player. Yeah. He was right, right. They drafted when they, when the Colts drafted him in the second round of USC. Frank Wright called him the best wide receiver in this draft class, and I don't want to go that far. But eight targets, seven catches, 101 yards, should have scored a touchdown, at least one. And um, I love Jonathan idea. Taylor, seven carries, 12 yards, almost all those carries. Frank Reich has said coming into this game that he was going to give Taylor most of the snaps in the first 15 scripted plays of the, the game. And then it was up to the running backs coach who to use. Jordan Wilkins, eight carries, Naheem Hines, 12. If you have Jonathan Taylor on your fantasy team, you banged. Yikes. Yeah, Michael Pittman actually had one rush for 21 yards too. But yeah. I, I, I love that second round where the, the Colts got um, Taylor and Pittman. I, was, uh, I, I thought, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Especially with uh, Taylor, Taylor can be fine long term. He's just not, he's not, he's not ready. Yeah, no, it's, it's a lot. It's a, 
A lot of season left. By the way, we're going to hear on this. I'd be remiss if I didn't point out. Did I put this out already? NC State night. Shout out Joe Buck. Jacoby Brissett touchdown. Naheem Hines. Happy birthday, Naheem Hines. Two touchdowns. Over 100 total yards. And, of course, Phillip Rivers. Crazy completion percentage. 300 yards and a touchdown. See you later. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.